Welcome to the Talent Exchange. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Jess, Head of Marketing at Networks. We connect great talent with fantastic businesses nationwide through intuitive applicant tracking technology and supportive recruitment campaigns. Today, I'm pleased to welcome back Catherine Smith, co-founder and executive coach at Equal Talent and pioneer for the She Has No Limits membership organisation, supporting female leaders. Today's episode is all about how we need to challenge to change and how organisations can support their inclusive leaders to take action. Discussing the different ways in which organisations can promote diversity and encourage inclusion, Catherine further shares her experiences and the challenges of her networking peers surrounding gender diversity in the workplace. So please welcome back Catherine and introduce yourself for the listeners. Oh Jess, thank you so much for having me. It's it's fantastic to be back again. Thank you. So yes, my name is Catherine Smith and I'm one of the co-founders of Equal Talent, which is a specialist coaching consultancy and we are committed to creating inclusive inclusive cultures of belonging for everybody. And in the last year, we've launched a community membership called She Has No Limits, supporting women in their careers. Fantastic. Thank you so much for, for joining us again, Catherine. It's brilliant to have you back. And today we are looking at equality, diversity, inclusion in a little bit more detail. A challenge to a lot of in-house recruiters and talent acquisition professionals is ensuring that there is a diverse workforce. What would you say equality, diversity and inclusion means in the workplace? Gosh, what does it mean in the workplace? I think it means as an overall catch-all that it's a place where absolutely everybody succeeds, irrespective of their wants, needs, requirements, backgrounds, what have you. So it is genuinely an inclusive place where everybody feels like they belong. And so that seems sounds a bit tenuous, doesn't it? When you think, well, what does that mean? But it, it means that there's complete and utter flexibility in everything that is done from policies and procedures through to systems, through to how jobs are scoped, through to how teams are pulled together, because it's about the individual and it's not about the whole system. So it's that that's what it means for me. And if you have inclusion, you then will get diversity because people will come because they will think I can fit there. And equality is it about equality or is it about equity of opportunity so for me I think it's about equity of opportunity and that means that I don't look at my colleague and think well they're leaving at four and I have to stay here till five they're leaving at four because they've got a need to leave at four and I will get my needs met in a different way whatever my needs are so so yes that that's what it means to be just a brilliant answer thank you Catherine I think a lot of people when they reflect on equality diversity inclusion think about it's just about the the people or the the people that they've got working in the organisation. But it, like you were talking about, it is much wider than those protected characteristics. For example, it's talking about the culture. It's talking about the way in which you operate and the way in which you work. The opportunities that present for everybody, and and it can include such a wide number of different things, and m- more than what you probably would typically think of when you just initially start looking at EDI. 
and we're working with a, a number of our clients on EDNI for a lot of different reasons, you know, including, you know, retention, attraction, keeping, keeping a positive, healthy balance, a diversity of skills and different skill sets in the organization. There's so many benefits to having a diverse workforce and, and, and focusing on equality, diversity, inclusion. It's not just about you know, the, the recruitment side of things or the splits that you've got of, of individuals in the office. It's much, much wider than that. So there are lots of different tools to support leaders and talent acquisition professionals in prioritizing equality, diversity, inclusion, from software and anonymized sifting through to employee experience initiatives. For a lot of organizations, the rollout of external facing documentation, such as the gender pay gap, was a step towards highlighting and tackling some of the challenges around equality and diversity. But how do we go about in fostering the environment that thrives through diversity? Gosh, how do we foster an environment that thrives through diversity? I think there's a big piece here around leadership and leadership style and how that then is experienced within the workplace. There's also something for me here in terms of making sure that we have allies and supporters and mentors that support to foster that environment. And so what do I mean by that? So so we have people who who look out for and support those that are in the minority and those whose voices may not be being heard. Now that could be through protected characteristics. It could be through communication style. It could be that you're the one introvert in an extrovert team and that the team look out for you so that your voice is heard. So for me, it's always looking for the voice that's not being heard, the person that's not being seen. So there's a lot for me around cheerleading and supporters and leadership, creating a voice for all. And I, and I suppose it makes me think of, things like the work we're involved in so she has no limits which is really all about women and women in their careers and bringing professional women together for professional women so that we can support each other be allies of it for each other um, listen to each other empathize with each other hear what's being said so again maybe that also feeds back into how do we foster an environment it's 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 one where we listen and we respond to rather than transmit, which is what we're all very, very good at, isn't it? So, so being empathic towards one, one another as, as colleagues and as professionals. You mentioned in the, the previous podcast that, you know, that leaders sort of have the, they're in the position where they can sort of set the tone for an organisation, but they, they, it's important that that sort of cascades and trickles through an organisation. So some good points that you made there that sort of resonate with what you said in a previous podcast where we were talking about making sure that you're building that environment with the other individuals and the champions or ambassadors within the organization to create that community because it needs to be far reaching across the organization so it can't just be one group of people like senior executives it needs to be a conversation that is inclusive with everybody in the organization and you need to have those pockets of ambassadors within that organization to to pioneer that and to feed that voice back like you said for people who may not not have got a voice and I suppose, you know, when you look at things like employee groups, so, you know, women in or LGBTQ, you look at those and you think to foster the environment which is thriving through diversity, those groups and those initiatives have to have the involvement of everybody across the organisation. So, you know, one of the things that's recommended is that any of these groups is actually headed up by 
one of the senior leader, leader teams, you have an internal sponsor and a mentor, and they're not necessarily aligned with the flavour of the group. They are there to advocate for it across the organisation. So there's all sorts of things that, that can be done. But I think my the point is leaders can lead the way, but everybody should be involved. In the process, yeah. Some, some great points there. And I think that in the last probably 10 years, probably not even recent times, but corporate social responsibility is, is sort of been a, a topic of conversation. And a lot of organisations have been looking at you know, how they're impacting the environment and how they're connecting with the community. And this is sort of like a an extension of, of, of those kind of practices and policies and people looking at how they engage their internal teams, not just about the external activity that they're doing, but about the initiatives that they've got internally in their organisation which is for their existing employees, but actually transpires to being great for, for the external communications that they're doing as well, because it shows that they are authentic and honest in, in the statements they are making. There's a lot of people that can easily write what their values are on their websites and say that they're inclusive. But I think it's, you know, we're, we're all savvy enough with digital technology these days to be able to see through that if it's just a statement and actually look for, for the actual action behind those statements and the, the way that you're, you're promoting that inclusivity within your organisation. It's interesting that action, what action are you taking? I love that, Jess. It's, a, it's quite a good metric, isn't it? That let's, let's not talk about it. Tell us what action you're taking around this and how are you measuring it? I think a lot of organisations, you know, it's been a big thing on the agenda. It's a big thing to talk about. And we all need to be seen to be promoting and, and being committing to having a more inclusive working environment and for lots of different benefits. But I do think the organisations that are, are really, really committing are the ones where you can you can see it's demonstrating. It's not just about the badge necessarily that they've got on their website or some, you know, a, a section in their the, the recruitment advert that talks about how they promote inclusivity it's about seeing it in the social media channels it's about seeing employees referring to it themselves off their own accord as ambassadors for the organization because they're proud and pleased to be working with such an inclusive workforce and then that ripples doesn't it around all the organization it's not just about the the senior leaders but it, like you said it does have to start at the top to set the tone for that sort of cyclical effect to happen Mm -hmm. sort of as you were talking I was just thinking you know we can talk about being diverse can't we but we're missing the point if we don't anchor and harness the benefits that diversity brings and so it's very easy to hit all the targets and say we've got great diverse recruitment we've got a gender balance we've got an ethnic balance we've got a sexuality balance and all that kind of stuff but if there's nothing in there to then harness the value that all that difference brings we're not fostering the environment and you know so so that d and that i need to go together so you can be diverse but you need to be inclusive otherwise what's the point yeah why are we doing it no that, that's a that's a really good point and i think that links to the to the action doesn't it to you know you need to you need to connect the two two together and the, the action of that so I know, as you mentioned in your introduction, Catherine, that you've got quite a lot of insights about women to do with your She Has No Limits initiative. What, what insights can you can you share on, on the gender bias sort of conversation? Gosh, thanks, Jess. It's, it's an interesting place to start, isn't it, really, in terms of what are the insights? I think the insights are that there's, there's almost two dimensions to, this, to the discussion. One is the organisation and the system, the system within which we all work. And then, of course, there's a piece 
for women in terms of women and women's behaviors and women's beliefs and, and values. And so the, the reference to She Has No Limits is it's an opportunity for professional women to come together to support one another and for this community to support each other in our career goals and aspirations and to share what's getting in our way and what the challenges are. So some of those insights are around things like the demand and requirement for flexibility. And that's not flexible working, that's flexibility in its in its broadest sense. And in fact, you know, from a from a woman in in terms of her career, if if she could have flexibility, maybe we'd have more people on boards because at the moment it's the system that's working against the woman rather than women's aspirations. So, so to, you know, those insights are how, how's the system working against gender balance and how are women themselves working against gender balance? And, and for us as coaches and behavioral experts then, and, and I don't think it's just necessarily gender specific, but you can look at things like imposter phenomenon and confidence and self-doubt and lack of assertiveness you can look at some of the cultures of organizations that are very alpha in their characteristics and don't necessarily pay to the strengths that a female would have stereotypically so so the insights around that gender piece is that we we need to look at the whole system not just the woman and not just the organization and they need to come together in terms of working together so do you think organisations could be working with, with, with yourself or would, is it leaders that you're working with that are attending say she has no limits to gain that insight and that confidence to understand the wider picture and then bringing it back to their organisation? Because obviously there's a lot to learn from yeah. that peer-to-peer discussion. The idea relationship for us is that leaders invest in, in themselves to become inclusive leaders and to become truly empathic and cheerleaders supporters and allies of change and that's our coaching piece and and the value that we would bring to an organization is through sort of behavioral change and transformational coaching the other piece is to support their female talent and so the she has no limits community is a, is is multi-layered levels of different kind of coaching we we do group coaching we do we we invite professionals to come and share their career story we have a very strong community where individuals from different sectors different industries different levels within organizations are supporting one another and and by putting those two together you're you're bringing the two systems together and i think one of the challenges for women are that sometimes certainly in some industries it's very lonely because there aren't very many women around. That's the that's the challenge that we're in, is that you look at some of the tech sector, for example, and you look around the organisation, there's, there's a handful of women. So there are no role models, there's no network. So the She Has No Limits community provides the role models, the network, but it also provides the space to sit and talk around challenges that are very specific to women. And it could be the childcare, the care of elderly parents, it could be menopause it could be any host of things where you have a huge community of people who can support so so for us Jess where where can we help we bring the two bits together so we we work with organizations to say support your female talent in the she has no limits community we can support you with regards to coaching of your leaders and and developing really strong fantastic inclusive leaders and then those two come together it's like two pieces of a was it two pieces of fruit coming together or or whatever it is to create the whole 
In relation to the She Has No Limits movement, what what can organisations be doing to support their their female leaders maybe that that haven't yet found that network or or want to try and embrace that learning that can be found by peer-to-peer sharing in in organisations such as the She Has No Limits movement? The biggest gift an organisation could do is to afford these individuals time for self-development and self-reflection and for connection and for networking and for sharing experiences. And that I think is the biggest challenge because we're time limited. And as women, and I am being stereotypical, we tend to put everybody else first before ourselves. So if I was to be really sort of directive to a team, a leader, an organization is give some time for your employees, your female employees to develop and and make it a priority for them because the the value and the ROR on that time is just phenomenal because at that point we start to explore really meaty subjects around imposter phenomenon how do you how do you get yourself heard how do you come overcome some of the challenges that 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 women are facing um and the community and the network is is the accountability that these individuals are finding really valuable to take it back into the workforce and be a workplace and be successful so so yes it's it's a big ask to say make the professional development time a priority i think that's a, a great point and actually sort of covers the wider topic too it's it's making the time to make that commitment you know for for the whole equality diversity and inclusion piece it is about time isn't it it's about giving it the time and, and putting the long-term commitment it's not something that can be done quickly it's not a quick task and and time is often in all organizations at all levels very poor because we always fill the time available with other busy tasks so it's carving that time out isn't it and and another thing I was just thinking while you were speaking there is also about being open so when people go to organizations like the the she has no limits movement and they have these conversations and they, they they speak to their peers and they see how what's happening in other organizations when they bring that information back it's being open and receptive to suggestions to change and to being able to act on the the learnings that you've had from that professional development. A little bit like what you were saying to do with training and, and, and coaching is sort of taking those learnings and then taking the action beyond that. And the, the organisation that you're, you're going back to, embracing that and take, you know, that, that it's, a, it's a good thing that they're bringing that kind of information back and that we should be harnessing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I suppose that's the golden thread for me from She Has No Limits to Equal Talent is to take the equal talent work into the workplace, which is around coaching, coaching leaders, coaching managers, to be empathic, to listen, to enable, to to be curious in terms of the needs of a specific part of their workforce. But these skills are transferable across any any member of their team in terms of what do they need. And and that again is then coming back to this this key piece of the DEI acronym inclusivity am I as a leader being inclusive am I as an organization being inclusive and, and again it's it's constantly mirror moments and and I think that point just around time it's interesting isn't it is it time or is it the prioritization of the time you know it's what we choose to prioritize isn't it and I think think that's possibly what organizations need to be doing more of prioritizing yeah, sort of plays to that that's that cliched saying of give a busy person a job because they will get it done kind of thing that you know you you make time for the things that are important to you so yeah I think that's a a good uh, reflection there thank you Catherine 
So I know you work with quite a, a large number of organisations. You've got a, a growing, fabulous network that I've experienced firsthand myself. Can you share a little bit for this bonus question for this for this uh, podcast, share a little bit about any initiatives that you've seen recently that you admire or that you think have been particularly inspiring? Oh, gosh, there's so much good work going around. But um, who comes to mind? I'd like to name check. Cheney Hamilton, who runs Find Your Flex and who is an absolute advocate around flexibility. So not not half not part-time working, it's about flexibility in its truest sense, and not just for women, but for all. And so I think that's an amazing initiative. But I think if I had longer, Jess, I could I could name check lots of other people because despite the challenges, there are lots of great initiatives that are taking place out there. It'd just be great if we could connect them all together and then we'd have the power of voice rather than being individual. So, you know, collaborate and come together and share our voice together. Do you think a lot of, just to ask another quick question, but do you think a lot of organisations and, and these sort of movements have come about in the last 12 months? Or do you think these are things that people have been pushing for, but they're only just getting sort of the the time for their, their voice, really, that's being championed because of the, the experience we've had over the last 12 months? For sure, I, I probably people have popped up over the last 12 months, but I, I know of lots of initiatives that have been around for years, which is the sad part. The sad part is that a lot of people have been, you know, trying to steal a lead on these topics and bring to the fore the importance and the ultimately the bottom line benefit that organisations can gain from this. I think the upside of the last 12 months is that people now might be starting to listen with a little bit more of an eager ear. You know, you kind of hope so. So maybe people are now listening. So my greatest hope, sort of um, beyond COVID, when we're all sitting in the bar having a pint or, or whatever our flavour flavor of tipple is, is that we've not gone back to what we were before COVID and that we are absolutely celebrating a new normal. So that my biggest fear is we'll just go back to old habits because that's what we are as a human race. We're about habits and that's why we coach. We coach because we want to break habits and create new and more beneficial and more valuable habits for, for ourselves as individuals, but for society as a whole. And I do think that people ha- are embracing that. And I do think that, you know, there's been a lot of reflections on this new normal and what is new normal so that it, we can't really go back. It has been a long journey, you know, 12 months. How can you go back to something 12 months ago? But like you said, we are creatures of habits <laughs> and we tend to tend to just flex back into that comfortable state. But I do think that, like you said, that obviously there's been some uh, difficult times in this last 12 months, but there's been some some positive things that have come out of it and the emphasis of, of organisations looking and reflecting on their workforce, their, their engagement, their inclusivity has been one one big one. I don't know, Jess, if to mention that the last 12 months have in some ways been absolutely catastrophic for women, particularly around them being having the biggest impact of furlough, redundancy, losing their roles. You know, there's a lot of research to suggest that we've gone back to the 1950s in terms of the progress that women have made. It's been it's quite significant. And so that's quite interesting, isn't it? In terms of you've got lots and lots of noise now, thankfully, and platform being given to the EDI conversation, and yet the impact of the last twelve months for some of us has been really, really tragic. And I don't think that we yet know 
what that impact is going to be on the grounds that the furlough scheme still hasn't ended and that we, we you know the economy is not where it needs to be yet I know we are starting to open up as you and I talk now and but what's it going to be like in six months time we don't know so it's it's an interesting sort of you know great highs that we hope we keep to but we've also got some massive lows that I don't think have really been truly understood yet why do you think women why do you think that they've that's that's been the behavior I think sadly it's it's almost the system that we work in isn't it so women want to work but can only work flexibly because the system expects them to be primary child care and not their male partner and so as a result they are working in in industries that are very embracing of flexible working those industries being the leisure industry the entertainment industry which is which are the industries that have been impacted by covid and lockdown i think is one perspective and i think another one is that for those that have got small families and have been doing the childcare at home the impact there has been that their performance level has not been as high as it could be they've been the easiest ones to to get rid and I think when somebody does the stats they'll find out that a lot of women have left the workforce because it was the easiest option and it, because and I don't mean that it was an easy decision it was the easiest way to maintain sanity that they can't do childcare and work and meet the demands of both and so what they've done is taken the option that, that they've got control over which is let the work go which is tragic in terms of that impact that it's going to have on numbers. That's a really interesting perspective because I've not really reflected on that side. Despite being a woman myself and and you know reading a lot and reading around the topic, it's not some not a not an angle that I've really reflected on as much. I, I, I think our work system is if you take away childcare support, it absolutely is catastrophic for women because the way the system works, women stereotypically look after the kids. So yeah. take that away, then you cripple your your female workforce immediately. So thank you so much for joining us today on the Talent Exchange again, um, Catherine. Oh, do you know what, Jess? It's an absolute pleasure. It's great to be back again. And I look forward to hearing some more of the podcasts that you're pulling together. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Challenge to Change with Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. Make sure to check out our other podcast too, where we share insights, top tips and discussions on the latest HR and recruitment trends. For more information about the coaching support Catherine has discussed today, visit Equal Talent's website over on equaltalent.com. To join the She Has No Limits community and find out more about peer-to-peer networking leadership coaching, visit shehasnolimits.com. For more information about what networks are up to and how we are supporting over 450 clients nationwide to attract, engage, manage and onboard top talent, head over to networksolutions.co.uk. Until next time. Yeah.